prologue of lightning by winchell smith and frank bacon this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org cast of characters lightning bill jones read by todd john marvin read by andrew gotts raymond thomas read by andrew james lemuel townsend read by alan mapstone rodney harper read by stephen fellows everett hammond read by wayne cook nevin blodgett sheriff read by son of the exiles oscar nelson read by greg giordano fred peters read by paul harvey walter lennon read by jim locke zeb crothers read by larry wilson liveryman read by jim locke clerk read by larry wilson teddy read by wayne cook Mildred Buckley, read by Annie Mars. Mrs. Jones, read by Sonia. Mrs. Margaret Davis, read by Devorah Allen. Mrs. Harper, read by Diane Castillo. Frida, read by Lauren Emma. Emily Jarvis, read by Sandra Schmidt. Mrs. Moore, read by Jen Broda. Mrs. Jordan, read by t j burns mrs starr read by wendy katzhiller mrs coxhall read by abayi mrs preston read by michelle eaton stage directions read by anne b sweet thirteen stage directions read by scotty smith lightning prologue John Marvin's cabin in Nevada, near Lake Tahoe. Rough log cabin of one room. Small window up left center. Door up right center. On the left wall is a shelf, built out and held up by two rough sticks. Wooden water pail, tin wash basin. Over shelf is a box nailed to wall, with comb, brush, soap, toothbrush, shaving cup, razor strop, etc. Above box is a small cheap mirror. An old kerosene oil stove in front of a rough fireplace with tea kettle on stove. Above fireplace, on wall, are frying pans and a few other cooking utensils. On a little shelf, a few cheap plates, cups, knives, spoons. Up left center, an old bunk with blanket and old quilt. Sheets and pillows. Left of bunk, a small trunk. Locked. Old piece of carpet just below bunk. Hanging on wall, a pair of old rubber boots. On floor, laces, shoes, and old slippers. Hanging above trunk, which is right of door, a suit of clothes which John wears in Act 1, carefully stretched on hanger, 
also hat. Down right, a rough table with ten or a dozen law books on it. Chair, front left of it. Also writing materials. A tin alarm clock. Kyrosone lamp hangs above table right. All cheap. A cabinet picture in a plain black leather frame. Not new. Beside this, a small china mug with a few wild flowers drooping. Between this table and door, a rifle, a shotgun, and two axes in rack. Down left center, a rough table. On the table, some unwashed dishes, tin coffee cup, sugar bowl, and open can of condensed milk. Two chairs supposed to have been made by John, solid but very rough. One is back of table and facing it, one is left. At rise, stage is empty. There is a rapid knock on the door, right center. Oscar, enter behind window, looking back left. Mr. Marvin, Mr. Marvin. Opens door hurriedly, peers in. Sees cabin empty, comes in quickly, closing door, goes off to window left of door, looks out. As door shuts, there is a pause. Sheriff crosses window, knocks on door. Come in. Enter Sheriff, goes down center. Oscar drops down stage front of table. What do you want? You're John Marvin, ain't you? No, sir. Well, then, you're working for him, ain't you? Who I work for, then my business. None of that. You're with the gang that's been chopping down that timber. Oscar turns left. You know Marvin is stealing it, don't you? Oscar turns to Sheriff. Stealing? Yes, from the Pacific Railroad Company. Now, I'm sheriff of this county, and I got a warrant for Marvin's arrest. Huh? Goes left and up to window. You know where he is, don't you? I know he gone away. Where? I not know. Sheriff moves to Oscar. Where did he go? Oscar goes to left, to shelf. He go yesterday. When's he coming back? Oscar, at window left, looking at stove. I not think he's coming back at all. It's going to be mighty bad for you if you're lying to me. Oscar goes to him menacingly. If you call me liar. Crosses up to door, right of center. Opens it. Comes down right of sheriff. I throw you out that door. Sheriff crosses to Oscar. If you threaten me, the next thing you'll find yourself in is jail. Starts upright. Don't forget that. Exit, up right center, to left. Oscar goes to window and looks off left. Door opens quietly. 
John enters. Oscar turns quickly and sees him. John holds finger to his lips. Oscar turns again and looks out of window. John goes close to him. John, to table right, puts flowers in glass, takes old ones and puts them in box under table, and acts against front of table. Do you see him? He got on his horse and start down the trail. There he goes, look! Good. You got rid of him very well, Oscar. Much obliged to you. Collects dirty dishes from table, crosses, and puts them in pan. He tell me. I know what he told you. I was out there listening to him. Then do that land belong to railroad? John, light stove, gets water from bucket left, puts it in coffee pot, puts pot on stove. It does now, Oscar, but I sold the timber a long time before the railroad got the property, and I'm trying to save it for the man who bought it. And can they arrest you for that? Not unless they can find me. And me and my boys, can they arrest us too? No, they won't touch the boys. You fellows are working for me. Oscar goes over front of table center to table. Oh... You know that from your law books? John puts coffee in pot. Yes, Oscar. Anyhow, you'll be gone in the morning. That job's done, thank heaven. Did you have the boys sign the payroll? Oscar, handing over paper. Yes, sir. John, taking paper. Thank you, Oscar. Oh, and Oscar, if that sheriff or anybody else asks the boys when the timber was cut... Tell him not to remember, will you? Oh, ye don't want anybody find out when we do it? That's the idea, Oscar. Nobody find out from us, ye bet ye life. Exits right center. Harper's voice, outside. Say, who's the boss of this gang here? Boss gone away! John, on hearing the voice, goes to door, swings it open, and calls off right. Hello, Mr. Harper. Come in. After a pause, Harper enters and stands in doorway. I didn't expect to find you here. Harper is a keen, honest, rough American of forty, clothes plain and ill-fitting, flannel shirt and collar, slouch hat. Although dressed roughly, his clothes must not look cheap. His appearance, despite a good deal of dust, is cleanly. I'm mighty glad to see you. Sit down, won't you? Offers chair left of table. Harper, grimly eyeing John. Wait a minute, till I get our relations straightened out a bit. Closes door, comes down right center. I had a notion that when I met up with you, I'd put a bullet into you. Well, can't you shoot sitting down? You don't think I mean it, eh? I don't think you figured on what I'd be doing. We'll see what you'd be doing when I find out how the land lays. Just before my trip east, I bought a grove of timber from you and paid you cash for it. And when I get back yesterday, I learn you sold the property, timber and all, to the railroad. I didn't know your timber was still on the property. When you bought it, you were going to cut it down right away. Harper, 
turns away from John, thinking, then turns back to him quickly. But you told me you were never going to part with a foot of the property because your mother was so crazy over it. That's right. It was her dream that we'd have a home here sometime. Do you remember why I sold you that timber? I remember what you said. Your mother was sick and you needed the money. Yes, I brought her to San Francisco where she had the best care and the best doctors in the town. Is she there now? John, shaking his head. No, she's dead. Oh. Crosses the table right. Picks up picture of John's mother. I'm sorry to hear that. Harper looks at the picture and sits as John speaks. When we got to San Francisco, a lawyer named Raymond Thomas came to see my mother at the hospital, and he said he wanted to buy a piece of this property and build a home here after he'd retired from practice. He found out that I was studying law, and he offered to take me into his office and help me in every way he could. I was mighty glad of the chance and spent all my time at his office when I wasn't with mother. One day she told me she thought we ought to sell Mr. Thomas the land he wanted because he had taken such an interest in me. Mother got worse right after that, and I didn't think any more about it. When she... after the funeral was over, I found that she had sold Thomas the property he wanted and had taken payment in some stock in a land company that I don't believe is worth the paper it's written on. Harper rises. As soon as this lawyer got the property, he sold it to the railroad for a big price? Yes. Well, when you found that out, why the devil didn't you kill him? John smiles. It was just about that time I found you hadn't cut down your timber, and you were way off in the east. Well, you couldn't do anything about that, could you? Only one thing I could think of. What was that? Cut it down and get it over on my property. What? Goes to door, upright center. Opens it. Looks off right. You got all my timber over on your property? Yes. We finished the job today. Oh, I had it all wrong. I thought that gang out there were working for the railroad. No, they've been working for me. The next thing is to get the timber away. I'll take care of that. Closes door. It may not be as easy as you think. We've just had a visit from a sheriff. What did he want? He wanted me. The railroad company sent him after me. Of course, if they can prove when the timber was taken down, they can recover. In that case, if you'll give me time, I'm going to return every cent you paid for it. You'll do nothing of the sort. I'll take all the chances from now on. I guess I was a little sharp when I first came in. Ah, oh, that's all right. But everything's gone wrong with me today. First there was a strike at the sawmill. Then I heard about this thing, and just as I was starting out here to look into it, I had a row with my wife. Sits left of table center. Oh, I'm sorry. Crosses and sits on front of table center. I didn't mind the strike and this timber mix-up so much, but the other thing, well, that ain't my line, and there's no reason for it. Rises, crosses to right, then back to John at center. That's what makes me sore. I bought her a present when I was east and had it shipped home by express. It arrived at the office this morning. I was shown it to Miss Robbins. She's my stenographer. When my wife walks in, saw it and thought I bought it for Miss Robbins. But surely you could explain that. Do you think so? Yes. That's because you've never been married. The more I tried to explain, the worse it looked. Nah. Aw, oh, hell, what's the use talking about it? Let's get back to business. I figured it'd cost $800 to do that job out there. 
reaching in pocket. And that's just what I'm going to hand you for it. I couldn't take it, Mr. Harper. Why not? Because you haven't got that timber yet. Well, the railroad have some job on their hands to get it away from me. And unless they do, I owe you $800, you understand? John facing front, as though he hears something at door. As John tiptoes to door, Harper goes guardedly to left center, puts hand to back pocket, reaching for gun. John jerks open the door, and Bill Jones wanders past him towards center. Bill is a little old man, rather shabbily dressed. He has a slight and a very quiet jag. He carries a few honeysuckle shoots, wrapped in a newspaper. Bill comes down right center. Strip lights in foots. Start down. Blue spotlight at left. Starts on amber. Goes down in window left. Why, hello, Lightning. You were so still out there, I thought it was somebody spying on us. I was a spy once, with Buffalo Bill. Bill stares at Harper as he speaks. This is Lightning Bill Jones, Mr. Harper. How'd you do? Takes chair from left of table center, and places it in front of it. Takes out notebook and pencil, and starts to write. How are you? What were you so quiet about, Bill? I knocked on the door. He goes up and deposits hat and packages on bunk up center. Well, it wasn't a very loud one. I didn't want to disturb you. I always make them knock easy like that at the hotel. Comes down right of table. Mr. Jones is a hotel proprietor. Harper looks up at Bill. That's so. Got the best hotel on the lake. Sit down, Bill. No, can't stop. Gotta be home at supper time to see everything's going right. What time do you have supper at your hotel? Supper's at... Uh, what time is it now? John looks at clock on shelf right. Nearly seven o'clock. Bill, after a moment's thought. They can get along without me. I got everything s systematized. John, looking at him sharply. I'm afraid you've been drinking, Bill. John lights lamp that is hanging above table right. No, just been saying goodbye to the boys out there. They are breaking camp. And they wanted to have you take a few farewell drinks. I didn't like to hurt their feelings. To Harper. A railroad man? John, smiling. Oh, no. Mr. Harper's the man I sold that timber to. Harper, looking up to John. Does he know about it? Bill knows the property belongs to the railroad, and he's been a little worried. Bill, looking at Harper. That's the best timber in Washoe County. Yes, I know it is. Except a piece I got. John prepares supper. Bill sits on table center. Harper, looking at him amused. Is your place in Nevada? Some of it is. More of it's in California. The state line runs right through my hotel. John fixes coffee. You've heard of Lightning's Hotel, haven't you, Mr. Harper? Harper, turning to John. I'm afraid not. I guess you're the only one. 
John, putting beans on fire. He just got back from the East, Bill. He would have heard of it if he'd been at home. Wow, what about it? John, wash his hands. Well, you see, Bill's house was on the state line, and his wife got the idea of turning it into a summer hotel. I give her the idea. So they enlarged the house, called it the Calivada Hotel, and got ready for a rush of guests. And nobody came. But just when it looked like a failure and they were about ready to close up, the miracle happened. Drying hands. It wasn't no miracle. I knew it would happen all the time. Harper to Bill. What was it? Women began to arrive, and they all wanted rooms on the Nevada side, and they wanted them for six months. Harper laughs. Ha! <laughs> the Reno Divorce Brigade. Yes. Of course, everybody knows what a woman goes to Reno for, but at Bill's Hotel she can get a room on the Nevada side and make her friends think she's at a California resort. Takes two plates, knives, forks, and spoons, and puts them on table center. So instead of failing, the Calivada is a big success. Of course, this is Bill's story. No, it ain't. I can tell it better than that. John goes back to stove left. John's never seen the hotel. I haven't had time. And we haven't known each other long. I never saw John till I happened by here about a month ago. Oh, been in this part of the country long? Bill, on corner of table. Came out during the gold excitement. The gold excitement was back in 49. Well, they were still excited when I got here. Ha! <laughs> And you didn't happen to be one of the lucky ones. Lucky? I located more claims than any man ever that came out here. I'm a civil engineer. Oh, you ought to be a mighty rich man. Uh, always cheated out of my share. How's that? Crooked partners. Well, couldn't you do anything to them? I shot some, put all the others in the penitentiary, except one. What happened to him? He died before I got him. <laughs> died of fright, perhaps. I guess so. Harper picks up hat, puts chair left of table left center, rises, laughs. Well, I'll get out before you tell me any more. I've got all I can remember at one time, and I shouldn't like to forget any of it. Goes up to door right of center. John, coming to table center with coffee cups. I'm trying to fix some supper for you. Harper, with a slight glance at the food. No, thanks. I'll be in Truckee in two hours. Bill, looking out window right. That's your automobile out there, ain't it? Yes. And it'll get you to Truckee in two hours? John brings food to table. Harper, coming back, meets him in front of table. Harper to Bill. That's what it will. To John, coming down to front of table center. Well, Marvin, I'm going to send the trucks down here tomorrow and start hauling. Had I better be around? No, I don't think so. You take a vacation. Then if there's a kick, no one here will know anything about it. I'll keep you posted, or I'd just as soon give you that 800 right now. Pulls out money. Bill, coming down right, looks at it. No, thank you, sir. And I shan't forget the way you've treated me. Harper. Patting John on his shoulder. How'd you expect me to treat you after that job out there? 
Shakes hands. Goodbye, Marvin. Goodbye, Mr. Jones. Starts up to door. Oh, if you want to get rid of some of that money, perhaps you'd cash a check for me. Harper, shrewdly, comes down left of Bill. Let's see it. Bill, taking check from pocket, hands it to Harper. Oh, it's good, I guess. Harper, looking at it. Oh, pension. So you're in the war, too. First man to enlist. Harper, handing it back. Endorse it. What's that? Write your name on the back of it. Ah, I always do that. Showing Harper check. See all those names on there? Secretary of the Treasury and all of them? Harper nods. It ain't no good unless I sign it. Goes to table right. Sits. Endorses check. Harper counts out money, laughing as he does so. Harper, handsome money, takes check. Here you are, Mr. Jones. Good night, Marvin. Good night, Harper. Harper exits and to right. John brings beans, bread, and coffee to table. He's a fine man, Bill. Bill, rising. He's a fast driver. John, Offering Bill chair back of table. Sit down and have some supper. No, just had a snack outside with the boys. John sits and begins to eat beans and bread. Oh. But I don't want to be unfriendly. I'd just as soon take a drink with you. I haven't got anything, Bill. Yes, you have. Produces bottle. You mean you have? No. Oscar made you a present of it, and he asked me to bring it in to you. Hands bottle to John. Oh. Takes it. Bill holds coffee cup expectantly. John puts bottle down on left side of table. I don't think you ought to drink any more tonight, Bill. Try some coffee. No, go on and eat. Don't mind me. Puts cup down. John pours coffee. Here the railroad had a sheriff after you. How did you know? Oscar told me. You remember what I promised you? What was that, Bill? If they go to court, I'll come and be a witness. Raising voice, positive for first time. I can swear those trees was cut before you sold the property. John stops eating and looks at him. John... Smiling and going on with supper. I couldn't let you swear to that, Bill. You can't help yourself. I got a right to swear to what I like. But I haven't got to prove when those trees were cut. They have. I know it. Oh, do you? Yes, used to be a lawyer. Well, why don't you practice? I didn't need any practice. And I promise you, if they go to court... I'll be there, and I never broke a promise yet. Crosses to right, taking out cigarette papers, makes cigarette. Lightman, does anybody home know where you are? Not unless they're mind readers. How far is it to your hotel? Seven miles. Is it all right for you to be here, Bill? Bill, turning to John, starting out. Do you want me to go? Of course not. You know better than that. 
But I mean, won't they worry about you? Who? The boarders? No, your wife. Oh, mother. She's got plenty to do. Sometimes I wonder if she approves of your going off as you do, and your drinking. She certainly doesn't like to have you drink, does she, Bill? I don't drink. Well, if you did drink, she wouldn't like it, would she? You know how some women are. They're curious about some things. Then all these tall yarns you tell. Now what does your wife think about them? I don't tell her none. John gives it up, smiles and goes on eating. Bill smiles at him affectionately. He goes to table right, picks up picture, and turns with it in his hand. John looks up and their eyes meet. I was over there this afternoon. Where are you, Bill? John stops eating. Bill returns the picture to table. You got things growing there, ain't you? Looks fine. When did you get time to do it? John goes and puts out stove. Sunday. Bill gets package from bunk up center. I brought these honeysuckle shoots to plant there, but I guess you got plenty without them now. John crosses to left of Bill right center. No, I want them. Takes package and crosses to table right. Thank you for remembering, Bill. Thank you very much. I know just the place for them. I'll set them out in the morning. Puts package in front of table right. Sits, picks up picture. They are off the finest vine in California. I suppose it's a little lonesome for you now without her, ain't it? Well, it's all different, Bill. But I have too much to do to be lonesome. Turns. Starts to work on law books. If you have trouble, Bill, keep busy. That's the best thing. Oh, I could stay here tonight if you thought I'd be any company for you. John, laying his hand on Bill's arm. You'd be great company for anybody, Bill. But I don't believe you'd better. They'll worry about you at home. Goes back to work on law books. And you've got studying to do, ain't you? Yes. Bill turning at bunk as he picks up hat. Well, good night. Good night, Bill. Bill sees bottle, looks at him, then goes and takes bottle from left of table center and puts it in pocket, goes up to door, opens it. John rises. Bill. Bill turns and faces him. You won't drink any more tonight, will you? Bill looks at him a moment sheepishly, then slowly closes door, takes bottle out of pocket, and offers it to John. No, you can keep it, Bill. Bill puts bottle quickly into pocket. Only I want you to go home sober. I don't drink nothing. And you won't take a drink out of that bottle tonight? No. Starts out. Are you going straight home? Bill, avoiding his eye. Uh-huh. You're not going to stop anywhere on the way. No. You just told me you never broke a promise, Bill. That's right. Will you promise me to take home all that pension money, every cent of it? Bill thinks it over first. Yes. Good night, Lightman. Bill goes to door at once. John goes to table and settles down to study. Bill tries to tear himself away, but wanders back toward John again. 
I'd just as soon leave the bottle here now, if you want me to. Pause. John is buried in his work. I won't touch it tonight, now that I've promised you. Pause. Waits for John to answer. He doesn't. That'll be all right, won't it? Bill gives it up. Once more, however, he comes down and watches him, then muses. Studying. Starts up to door. That's how I got my start. He is going out as curtain falls slowly. Curtain. End of prologue.